This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. 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 in the movies we see, the big set pieces, the famous dialogue, the twists, the naked times. But film is an entity made up of hundreds of little moments that either make them special or relegate them to obscurity. We are here to talk about those moments. Welcome to Movie Microscope. Kick it, Movie Microscope. Today's episode is Deep Cover. Hey, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the latest movie, Microscope. My name is Nick Nunziata, and I am your gracious host. Alongside me, the absolutely lathered up Justin Waddell. Justin, how's it going? It's going okay. Nice. How are we feeling? I mean, I, I, I mean, do we feel, you know, like when people win the lottery, they feel different the next day? Mm-hmm. How do you feel now that people have started to listen to the Another Stakeout podcast? <laughs> blessed yeah hashtag for sure yeah. yeah hashtag blessed um you know i think that movie is a movie that deserved the microscope treatment and all those zooms that we delivered upon you know right. yeah i fully expect to see some of the nuggets we unearthed to come up in that movie's trivia from now on yeah you're gonna see uh you're gonna see like a piece show up on i don't know on the slate or forbes or something Kind of, it's going to rekindle people's uh, fascination with that film, um, mm-hmm. and uh, you're, we're to we're to thank for that. So, I think so. And plus, it, what was it, ninety three? Yeah. So we got it well under the twenty year mark for that film. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's going to take people some time to prepare. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I want to welcome all the new listeners who have come over here from Wall Street Journal article. Um, Thank you. Uh, we've been paying a lot of attention to the shit you've been saying, and it could not be more true. Um, so thank you. Um, now, we we um, we are getting so close, so close to episode 100, The Prince. Uh, I've recorded six songs for that already. Uh, it's just going to be wonderful. Now, have you seen that movie yet? Yeah. You have seen it? Yeah. Hmm. I remember... There were some scenes that took place at night. <laughs> and that is, who is the star of that film? Because it, you, oh, yeah. Is oh, it Cusack? Yeah. Is it Willis? Is Jay it Pat. Jason Patrick? It's Pat. and he And he, and Patrick plays the prince, the titular. I mean, let's not spoil it. <laughs> like I said, I remember there were some scenes that took place at night. So I'm not really a guy to ask questions to right now. I just love that, and we've talked about before the the way Jason Patrick has curated his career. Mm, perfect. <laughs> curated is a perfect term to use. 
he is uh he said no to so much and said yes to about every wrong thing that came his way <laughs> you know what though he's 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 uh he's eclipsed it he's done remarkably well considering the, the products was he uh was he in geronimo nick yes he was was he in <clears throat> speed two the second one mm-hmm yeah. What else? What what other wonderful? Oh, we're just every fifty episodes. We're, we'll 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 share this with the world. What you mean to do the prince again? No, every fifty episodes is a Jason Patrick film. Mm. You know the rules. I didn't know the rules. This is is this the code that I'm not aware of? What was well, the sleepers was number fifty. <clears throat> well, what we did Lost Boys though. Yeah. Did we cheat? Did we cheat? No. Okay. That that makes it even better. That means every twenty five films we could do a Jason Patrick. That makes me feel a lot better because I've been thinking I've been trying to take better care of myself in order to uh, to not die before we finish, you know, what, mm-hmm. what we've come here to do. And that is every film that's ever been made. It's but interesting. Making, yeah, it's interesting. I, you know, I've I've read a lot of self-care articles. I've yet to see one that says, number five, watch a Jason Patrick film. Yeah, well, <laughs> You know what the the scary thing is on the list of um, the opposite article of things to do to die quicker. Number five is be Jason Patrick. So it's weird. It's weird. He's not allowed at his own screenings. What for, were you for fear what, that it'll extend his life? What were you calling? Did you give him a nickname, J Pat? Yeah, I called him J Pat. Yeah. <laughs> the the nickname that the celebrity press uh, organizations uh, never bequeathed upon yeah. him right they never they never gave him a short name j pat well, well they had to rename that kevin spacey movie because of that <laughs> um and i think that's the thing i mean kevin spacey is a horrible human being but that's the one thing that makes me sad is now i can't watch k-pax without yeah. thinking of how bad how what a terrible person he is yeah and it sucks because I have a superhero I came up with called Cape Axe, and I can't even do him anymore. <laughs> it's a, it's a <laughs> the superhero that had to think quick on his nick and his name. Yeah. Yeah. Is there are there are there many superheroes that wield axes? Not enough, especially the kind that wear it on the around their neck behind. It's very strange. Um, <laughs> so the cape and the axe go together. Is this cape is an axe? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. And, and 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 there's like an awful like in, in his training sequence, his his young understudy walks in on him and he's working out shirtless. And his entire back and ass is covered with scrapes from his from his cape axe. You know, he gets onto the subway and it rubs against <laughs> him and he's fucking slaughtered. <laughs> yeah. So um mm. but anyway, so hey guys, it's the movie microscope. It's a show where we zoom in. Um, you know, we'll watch a movie uh w- with a, a complete like hyper particled eye. And we'll um, we'll we'll grease through it, and we'll slam, and uh, we'll we'll kind of just you know 
coast on through as we migrate through the celluloid, finding little nuggets here and there, uh, absolutely ignoring them, and then sitting in the corner and learning about ourselves. Um, and at the end of it, we'll, we'll emerge victorious, and uh, God knows we'll have make or break something. <laughs> I saw that uh, this is going to be big news to everybody. You started a Facebook page for our podcast. Mm-hmm. And then you did. I noticed that you had written a description of our podcast in there. Uh-huh. <laughs> were, you <I> aiming, like... <laughs> were you aiming for, for clarity? I was, going, I was going for perfect. I was going for perfect. Um, let me see what I, let me see what it is. I, I don't I forgot what it it's pretty strong though, if I remember correctly. Um I think I summed it up pretty good. Yeah, let's hear it. Um, the world's premier podcast that watches a movie with a pair of sleek eyes and cuts through the rocks and isolates the moments that make or break. Pretty good. Actually, it is pretty, it's poetic. So if we were talking about Lost Angels, we wouldn't be talking about the scene where the Adam Horowitz completely uh, rocks out uh, you know, an entire dance sequence wearing only glitter and discarded Atari cartridges. Uh, we were talking about the moments that are are huge. Lost Angels. That yeah. is an Adam Horowitz film, right? Who else is in that? Oh, don't do that to me. You know, there's a there's somebody that's more famous than him that's in it that, at the time, an actress. Was Lost it Angels. Rosalini? No. No. I remember that I, I thought it was so it was so uh, like cool, man. Um, how they uh, had the Los Angeles sign and then um, had it spray painted so that it was mm-hmm. lo- Amy Locaine. Locaine in this. <laughs> stellar, stellar citizen of the world. Amy Don- Donald Thud. Yeah. Sutherland's in there? No. Nope. Of course. <clears throat> Can't make a movie without him. Uh, it's... Well, it's, your boy Hugh Hudson directed it. I mean, he's one of the big ones. <coughs> Amy Locaine. She was. Did she have a drug problem or did she have a car problem? She uh, killed somebody, I believe, in her vehicular homicide. Yeah. Uh, she was. You might remember her from School Ties. Was she in Baby? The, Cry Baby? Oh, she in. She's in Cry Baby, I believe. Maybe inventing the Abbots or something. I can't remember. No, she wasn't in that. Don't remember that movie. Um. But she had she was kind of a rising star for a minute. Uh, she's back. She's kind of gotten her shit together. She looks, you know, she's grown up. She looks great. Still acting, doing. She's doing short films and shit. So, oh, she's, she's back. She's come out. She's come out on the other side. Mm. Um, and I will tell you that she was lucky enough to have, have been uh, appeared in Crybaby, School Ties, Airheads. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then uh, a fatal car accident. Which she caused. Uh, that's a shame. <clears throat> and uh, I believe, by the way, Nick, mm-hmm. might I zoom in? Mm-hmm. Locaine rhymes with yeah, cocaine. Yep. And that is featured in this movie today. Well, I'm going to go out on a limb. Locaine... Mm-hmm. Also rhymes with her favorite Mortal Kombat character, Liu Kang. Do you think she 
if she had to pick, she I never thought about this. Who would Amy Locaine choose while playing we, Mortal Kombat? We, we yeah. probably need to add that to the uh, mm-hmm. microscope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you know, like <laughs> we're watching. You know, like what would Sir Ralph Richardson? What Mortal Kombat? Well, Kano, of course. But you know, it's like yeah, that's a good thing to think about. Or what character from this movie could easily slide into the Mortal Kombat world? Do you know or, what I'm saying? Yeah, like that, it, that could into, be one. Or like slide into the DMs of Raiden. <laughs> Although you know what would happen if we if we mm-hmm. were in contact with some of these uh, luminaries, like say we're doing, let's say we're doing Lord of the Rings, and Ian McKellen, it like puts his finger over our lips as we're talking to stop us, mm-hmm. because I play Fei Long in Street Fighter. <laughs> Fuck Mortal Kombat. <laughs> it's valid. It's valid, Mr. McKellen. <clears throat> so, um, were, you, were you more of a Street Fighter? Yes, absolutely. I thought Man. Mortal Kombat, up until recently, I hate the Mortal Kombat games. I thought they were I thought they were uh for the dumb. I thought they were for the for the for the simpletons of the world. Mm-hmm. But now well now they've gotten pretty badass and the Injustice games uh, as well. And Street Fighter hasn't changed pretty much a lick in in, since, you know. Ask me which one I like, uh, Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter. Let's hear it. Samurai Showdown 2. I love that game. Love that game. What about... I mean, we could be talking about Battle Arena to Shinden. You know, we could be talking about Virtua Fighter. We could be talking about Eternal Champions. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Killer, what's the one? Killer Elite, was it? Killer or Instinct. Killer, Killer Instinct, Killer Instinct. Hey, did you, in Samurai Showdown, do you remember any of the characters' names real quick? Hayabusa, I, maybe? Well, what, do you, I always play the tubercular uh, hero, the guy that was always coughing and dying as, yeah. he, as you're playing him with the gray hair. Do you remember his name? No, but he was sort of like General Grievous, right? He had that kind of thing going. I don't know. He's just very, like, he was weak, but then he would he would find it in him. Didn't he drink? Major didn't, he, didn't he have a drink too? He did. Yeah, he drank after he won. He yeah. drank a, a little plate of water. Mm-hmm. That's pretty great. Um, let's see here. This is this is a good use of our time. Uh, characters. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Doesn't even warrant a fucking page on Wikipedia. I apologize. Samurai Showdown doesn't. Okay, we have to go to the individual game. Yeah, there we go. Come on now. All right, so, uh, oh my God, that nicotine caffeine. An old diminutive monk? That doesn't sound right. But, oh, I mean, I, I'm a Kusa, not Hubusha. Um, Genjuro, Nineholt, Nicotine, Kuroko, Miz- Wow, this is. Sakanese Genjuro? I kind of remember that name. Um, I was thinking more like his name was Chris. But I was off, I guess. Yeah. So today we are, we're doing a, uh, a film <clears throat> that uh, a lot of people have been really begging for. Um, Bill Duke's classic and the last ever Larry Fishburne movie. Mm-hmm. And, and his first starring role, like his first like, lead as an actor in a movie, I think. Yeah. Deep cover. And, his, and he's like, you know what? Now that I'm a lead actor, no more Larry for me. Right. He's going full Lawrence. So what do you is, like? What do you like better? Oh, I like Larry. Me too. And he spells his Lawrence with the U and not the W. It throws me out. 
it throws me out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this film was one that um, very near and dear to my heart. We saw this in the theater multiple times and we're giddy about it. It was also, uh, it was a, a coming out party for a lot of people regarding Jeff Goldblum, who, uh, even though he had been in masterpieces, um, like what, uh, Thank God It's Friday and uh, Death Wish and stuff like that. I think this was a coming out party for some of, to see a side of him that they hadn't seen before. And actually, a side we haven't seen much of since. Yeah, exactly. He plays a rather unlikable <laughs> chap in this game, in this movie. Yeah, he doesn't do unlikable too often, but <clears throat> he even when he played the bad guy in uh, uh, Thor three, right? Ragnarok, very likable. He he's very likable. Yeah. Well, in Mister Frost, he was very charismatic, even though he's playing he El Diablo. But he in was, this, yeah. he is a, uh, a rich white guy who has a thing for young black women and drugs and just uh, temper temper issues. The lawyer, his lawyer, and the, a corrupt lawyer, but he's not the main character. You just had to say lawyer. <sighs> I was going to make a a larrier joke. Can we just clap it out? No. And um, <clears throat> and so he's not the main character, Nick. Yeah, Mr. Fish, Mr. Fish, Mr. Fishburn is. And what is his What's his character's name? Do you, he has two names in this? Well, John is his name when he's undercover. It is. And his name when he's not undercover is something different. Yeah, I'm looking it up because it, it's like it, Russell, I think. Yeah, Russell. yeah, that's very true. Yeah, it is Russell. <clears throat> but he's got a great undercover name. Great. It's like John. John. Hume. John Hull. H-U-L-L. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a, that, I, I'm jealous of that name. That's a, it's not a bad name. Johnny Hull. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's like... Uh, his undercover identity is drug dealer and a, a mover and a shaker in the drug world. But he's really working for the police and he's trying to get, he's trying to root out the drug problem in where are they? Where's this located? Where's the set? LA. Mm-hmm. You know, it's great. Zoom in. Uh, yeah, Zoom in. This, Zoom in. this movie is uh bill Duke. Uh, he's, it's his, I believe second directorial gig. Mm-hmm. Um, an actor that everybody knows to death, uh, obviously famous for his, his role in, uh, commando, you know, and a predator, mm-hmm. you know, Blaine, no, Blaine was Jesse, the Ventura. He was the other one. Um, but no, it was his third film and a rage in Harlem was a great movie. And I thought he was sort of on the, on the track towards becoming sort of a big deal. Yeah, like so he's more of an actor, known as an actor, still more known as an actor, I think, right? And how many films has he directed total, you think? Is he is he has he directed a lot of films? I'm gonna yeah, look he, it up. I can't his, I can't say. Yeah, he's still directing. He's still directing. Okay. <clears throat> so and this is you said this is one of his first it yeah, it's his third. His first was a movie called The Killing Floor, and it's obviously not based on the Jack Reacher book. And and yeah, this movie is you know, it's it's weird. It's it's strange, but it, it has uh, a uniqueness to it. It's a very interesting movie, and he, you know, he's got some chops. Old Bill Duke here. He does, but it's weird because it lives in this weird world between like a like a like a grindhouse seventies uh, like gritty crime flick, mm-hmm. and then uh, that the the kind of nineties 
post New Jack City revival. Um, right. And then, as you mentioned to me on the phone, there's also uh, a little bit of, of a white streak through here that kind of keeps it from fully committing to those things. Oh, I said, because it's, well, it's, so it's written, I believe the, it's based on a book by uh, a, a former policeman who is uh, Caucasian and dr- written by uh, Michael Tolkien, who right. is a white guy. And yeah. he actually, this is a good year for him because he wrote and directed, I think around the, at least the same time, The Rapture, which is a very interesting movie. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. And he also wrote The Player. Yeah, and he which, nominated. Mm-hmm. And he also wrote uh, Deep Deep Impact, another really controversial, uh, thoughtful film. Uh, actually, he did Changing Lanes, which I really dig. Uh, and he worked on Dawn of the Dead remake. But And he did Escape at Denimora, which I loved this year. Yeah, something recent. And he did uh, Lord of the Rings. And it's just like uh, he's different, just all over. A different Tolkien. Oh, and... Um, <laughs> And so he, you know, it, it's just that that's interesting, but it's, you know, one thing that Bill Duke did when I, you know, I read a little bit, I think he was interviews fairly recently about this film and obviously they changed the, the race of the, um, of the main character, you know, so, uh, which, which he says really, you know, changes, changes the movie, you know, from, from its source. Uh, and you know, Larry Fishburne in this Lawrence Fishburne, this movie gets a lot of mileage of, out of how cool he is. Like, just naturally cool Larry Fishburne is. Um, is is he perhaps one of the coolest actors of all time? No. He starred in Apocalypse Now, or didn't star, but he was in Apocalypse, Apocalypse Now when he was 15. Right. I mean, that's a pretty cool start, is it not? Yeah, but then he fucked up. How? He just he started to get boring. He got super boring. Oh, so you don't like him? Is that what I'm hearing? I think he's kind of boring. Hmm. Yeah, he's 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 he kind of be you know. And hey, I can't fault him. He took the, he took the money, but after Matrix, the first Matrix, which obviously mm-hmm. was huge, and he was great in it. I'm looking through his career, and it's a lot of unremarkable, either unremarkable films or unremarkable Larry Fishburne work. I mean, there you know a lot of good movies. But not a lot of things where he sticks out, where he has that because he's like a he's like a cat in this movie. He's got this swagger, and he and he no. moves like like he's uh, an alien almost. He's got like this really fluid grace to him, and it may have right. gone away with his name. He he certainly there's this movie certainly <laughs> it's certainly concerned with morality and his character in particular starts the movie off where he you know he gets approached to go undercover he's a he's a he's a cop he gets approached to go undercover by a uh very questionable uh charles martin smith who is saying all sorts of horrible things at the beginning of this movie and he and he you know lawrence fishburne passes the test and he's he's the guy for this undercover assignment and um but you know as Lawrence Fishburne, the the movie starts off with him as a kid. He watches his dad, Glenn Turman from Gremlins, yeah, who is a criminal, uh, die during a. Uh, he's his dad's like a, a drug addict, and he his dad tries to hold up at a liquor store, and ends up getting shot in front of his son. So Lawrence and when, Fishburne, and when is it? What what time of year? Christmas time. Yeah. So this this is a Christmas movie. What year is it? 
well, the movie takes place in 92 or it was filmed in 92, but in 72 is it when, starts. Yeah. And what else happened in 72? We flew out of wombs. We did. We did. Yeah. And, uh, and you, you know, just across the world, if this was real, if this movie was real life, this horrible thing would have been taking place. But lucky for us in 1972, nothing bad happened. Only good things. Right. We were born. We were born. Yeah. And that's about all I know. Uh, there was some stuff still going on in Vietnam. Mm. There was, uh, I think there was a, I think the best, the movie that year was, it was a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Exorcist was, I think that was, you know, um, by the way, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm, I, you could tell that I'm, that was 73. You could tell I was a little thrown off my game because I went on Google and typed best Exorcist. <laughs> Did a two immediate the heretic immediately come up? No. In images? <laughs> did did you? Uh, all right. So anyway, what I was getting at is that since that time, since that crime, uh, Godfather. You know, that's what I was thinking of. That, that Lawrence, Fi- yeah, Lawrence Fishburne's character, his his character Russell, is straight laced. He's never he's never had a sip of alcohol. He's never done drugs. He doesn't. Um, he's he considers himself a, a very righteous person. And so he's not very interested in this assignment, which will see him become a drug dealer to get to the heart of the problem, which is these kind of international crime lords selling drugs into the cities, you know, or, you know, bringing drugs into the country. Right. Um, and so, but then what happens? He, he get, It goes bad. Zoom in. It goes bad. And he becomes? He becomes a drug dealer and a drug user. He becomes what he despises, Nick. Okay. All right, whatever. And then he realizes that he doesn't despise what he despise, whatever. So anyway, he's got this amazing voiceover in this. Like he, they always go to him for voiceover, and it's very pretentious. Yes, it is. But I kind of love it just because Fishburne delivers it so dryly and his he's got such a great voice. Yep. And some of the stuff is like um rhymes. Oh yeah, um, especially when, think, he, when he's talking to Clarence Williams, there's a little bit of a, a a thing going on there where they're both speaking in poetry. Well, I think that some of the quotes are taken from I, Bill Duke is a I think a fan of Iceberg Slim, which I I believe I don't know much about, but I think he was a a pimp that he and he had a book. I'm I'm not I don't really know too much about, but I think some of the quotes that Larry Fishburne is saying in this movie. Or at least reference that book, and so it's not all. Um, it's not all Tolkien's influence. Didn't know we were I still think. naming Mortal Kombat characters. Iceberg Slim is such a good name. Um. Anyway, so yeah, so what do you think of some of his his the way he would chew over those lines? Well, I love it because it's it veers so violently back and forth from absolute cheese to pulpy crime to that, and yeah, the movie. It's 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 it exists in its own world where it could get away with the crazy shit it gets away with. It's almost like uh, there's a there's a uh, like a wickedness to the to way the way they're making this film that they're 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 like getting one over on the system because um, it it certainly doesn't reek of studio intervention for sure. No, and I think it's it's a good combination of of Lawrence Larry. You know, he, he I keep calling him. I guess we'll call him Larry Fishburne. Um, 
you know, he obviously is relishing this role. Like this is a role that's important to him. It's first lead role. And he's doing a, you know, a, a bang up job in this gold bloom cut loose being absolutely nuts. Um, Don't forget Roger Guinevere Smith, who is a shining part of this movie in the short amount of time he's in it. And who's that? Who does he play? Uh, he played. Well, I'm sorry. Who does he play? Oh, he plays. Uh, what's his character's name? Um, Eddie. He's the guy who. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind yeah, of yeah. ingratiates them into the into the business and is rewarded by death by pool cue in this movie. But right. that actor who is just magical. He's magical in everything he's done. I think he's a he's, big. He's a big. He's he a your, big Spike Lee guy. Well, he's ubiquitous. He and he. I think he's been in a movie we've done before. Um. What what is he in? He shows up all the time and stuff back then. I think he was a cop in something like a horror film that we did. It is what's his middle name? Guinevere. He no, we haven't done any of his movies yet. We haven't. No, I must have watched one and then we didn't do it or something like uh, recently. Well, he's in a few that we have been begging ourselves to do. All right, so go through them and well, I'll I'll see if we I can. definitely okay, like so as far as movies that we've promised our readers and listeners. Mm-hmm. Um well, I mean, of course, we're going to do um that's fighting. Uh we're going to do Son of No One. The Channing Tatum, we can't wait to do that one. <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, there's more? Uh yeah keep, keep give me some movies that are like no, interesting. He, he's in a lot of spike lee things like so he's he's in many he's in almost every film spike lee did up until the early 2000s but other like notable things he i mean he's in final destination he's an american gangster uh he's in and then he's back working with with uh, mr lee but i think i think you're either yeah you're, there's nothing I, can't I might I, I might have been talking about Final Destination. There's some movie that he plays a cop in that well, he plays an very, agent in that. Yeah, that 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 this kind of it's a strange kind of a strange it is like it's almost like he's too good for the small amount of time he has. He's like one of those guys that uh you bring in to lighten things up because it's it's you you know, obviously Spike Lee tackled a lot of heavy subject matter, and you see him and you know, there's just this wildness to him that is amazing, and he's effortless in how you just watch him. And actually, I I, I watched the scene, his last scene, like five times in a row um, when I watched it because it was just so cool to see the little micro emotions that he does when he's acting. He is so good, and he's. It's funny because it's. It almost seems like he's overacting because of how animated he is, and I just think it's. He's like really fine tuned as an actor. And it's, I would love to see somebody give him a role that is befitting his abilities. I'm granted he's gotten older now, but he's special. First, first of all, a love letter, which is very nice because I agree with you. I think he's a highlight of this film. And, um, and I've never seen, I don't think I remember him in, you know, in a, in a role as prominent. Like I've always remembered him in just very, very, very small slices of no you know what he is he's a shallot you know he's a shallot where you 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 see you throw him into the food and it completely improves everything about the food but you can't quite place what it is so he gets beat to death on a pool table on this by uh an actor i don't know his name but he his character's named felix he's 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 despicable yeah gregory sierra now he this so he 
You this know guy him. does. By the way, you know him. There's I know a, what I did recognize him. Sanford and Son. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Here's the thing. He when he that's, this guy gets red. Fo- he's Red Fox. <laughs> when he gets beat to death by a uh, the the fat end of a pull stick, like a pull cue, like so they the the this guy un un you know he uh, unscrews it and then he he beats Felix to death or beats uh this guy to death Eddie. with um yeah. Eddie with a with a pull cue, but the the soundtrack really has to sell those hits because it is the worst. It's like the first, it looks like a practice take of what he might do if he was actually swinging hard at him and trying to hit him. Well, and, and Eddie has to, the guy, you know, this actor really has to sell that he's dying because you would have to get hit. I imagine you would have to get hit by a pull, pull cue, the, even the fat end about 70 times before he gets, accumulates the wounds that this guy get does after three. Well, he beat I mean, him a little bit off. He's beating him off camera still when they cut to the expressions of Jeff and, and uh, Larry. I was like, is he going to stab him in the mouth with this pool cue? Because I don't think at one point they say, oh, man, he's dead. I'm like, did they start? It doesn't even look like they really got to the beating, you know? Well, they could. if you listen, they overdubbed. He's like, oh, COVID. <laughs> got me. No, the thing is, though, it's funny, too, because the, the last shot where he's he's on the table, obviously mm-hmm. breathing. And, they, oh, he is really and then he's like, have you ever seen a man die before? And he's like, no, and I still have it. <laughs> well, I thought it was, gr- it was ridiculous when the actor says, uh, he says, Eddie in the corner pocket. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's it's a re- kind of a ridiculous scene, but it, the lead up to it is great. Like, so this actor actually panics. He knows he's going to die and he decides to fight back and he stabs feel his crime boss yeah. with a fork in the chest and then immediately apologizes <laughs> it tries to take the tablecloth and wrap the wound yeah and he it's, and then uh, that's my favorite part like where he starts getting when he when he it's like when he realizes that he's doomed he starts ripping people he makes yeah, fun of the gay guy he makes fun of you know he's like just oh and it's so funny because you're watching him just come apart that he is so good he's so good and and uh, gopher yeah, you know, the other guy who yeah. who we all know from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, who right. ha- who did not age a minute between Cuckoo's Nest and this, by the way. Talk yeah, about, and it, what, Sydney about it. Sydney something Sydney Lassick is yeah, that guy's yeah, name. Yeah. yeah, I looked him up earlier. I love um, him in this. I love that character in this. He does not fit in in any way, shape, or form into this ensemble. He doesn't fit into crime. <laughs> Why is he there? This guy, he he's. I love well, he's it. There. I love that that he's in this group. Nobody has ever had this guy in their group. No, and so he he's there. So this Felix character, who is this crime boss, we'll just put him. We'll just say he's a crime boss. He's a. Can we just say Felix know, Barbosa? Felix Barbosa. He this character's whole role is when Felix is berating and being mean to other characters. He just goes, Felix. Oh, I love it. So stop much. it. Stop. Oh, Felix. And then they find a way to work him into the climax, too, which blew my mind. Saves the day. They, yes. It's like, what the fuck? How, that, how do you not love this movie? It's, 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 it's literally like, it's, it's, oh, so let's say you're watching, uh, it's like you're watching the end of Return of the Jedi. There's this huge space battle, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden, Pat Plu wins. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's like all right well let's back it up because we i feel like we've kind of skipped over some stuff really 
a little bit. Um, so what do you, so, okay. Well, maybe we could, so uh, when Lawrence Fishburne, you know, when he moves into his decrepit apartment that, that Charles Martin Smith pays for, you know, to kind of part of his cover, he's going to live in this, uh, this apartment, um, you know, that's, that's in this flea bag. I don't know, like, you know, place and his neighbor is this woman named belinda could i could, could, could we stop okay before you go there mm-hmm. kids want to take better care of them can tell me how to take care of my fucking kid i take damn good care of my kid my kid is clean my kid is look i'm clean too right I've been tested. I'm HIV negative. Just so you know, I'm just laying that out there. But um, won, won the Oscar. So here's a couple things, right? His his neighbor is a single mom. Obviously, in her and you know, Larry Fishburne takes a shine to her. You know, eight year old son, however, ten year old son, however old he is, who is obsessed with Nick. Tell me he's only that. shot with a Game Boy. He's yeah. always holding a Game Boy, much like Richard Dreyfus in another steakhouse was holding right. a Game Boy. Right. We have the continuity. Um, but, you know, Fishburne somehow, for some reason, takes a shine to this kid. And I think, obviously, because he had a troubled childhood as well. The mom Nick just played for you uh, is, is you know, a kind of a loose cannon, a n- kind of nutty, obviously desperate for money. She's trying. She wants to sell her kid. To That's what I was going to say. One of, I love movies where somebody tries to sell one of their children to the leading mm-hmm. man. That is not done enough. She does. Well, you have to respect her priorities because first she tries to sell the kid, and then she offers him sex. Yeah, like that's not. You know, she's like, let's. That's her two. That's her second. So you know, Lawrence Fishburne. Like I said, he's obsessed with morality. He's not interested in any of this stuff that she's got going on but he is interested in helping the kid what surprised me at the end which i did not see coming was they end the movie at her grave site yes they do <laughs> yes they do she is such a minor character and another thing that threw me is that her name's not melinda i thought it was melinda it's with an Bolin- m belinda belinda yeah. yeah that was the gravestone uh was a spoiler for me on her name was a was a kind of like hey idiot her name yeah, is actually you know that's, like, that's like if the at the end of rocky balboa stallone mm-hmm. goes to the cemetery and he visits paplu's grave <laughs> hey what belinda by the way yeah belinda that's not a name you hear too much but what's 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 a favorite belinda you have i got one in mind i got stan belinda former closer for the pirates i got belinda carlisle right. former go-go's yeah um and now probably current Go Go's. I'm sure they're back together, right? No band ever ends. Mm-hmm. No band. That ever. is so true. Yeah. Nope. Um, what game do you think? That uh, let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. Mm-hmm. Richie Valens. That's true. Big Bopper. Yeah. So, what game do you think he was playing on the Game Boy? That kid, Hanky Alien. Is that a real game? Yeah. <laughs> do you recognize the sound effects? No, I just that's a big one. I was hoping he's playing the the deep cover cartridge. You know the the notorious the Yankee Alien was notorious mm-hmm. uh, for being the first uh, n- uh, Game Boy game in the bargain bin. Oh wow! Um, uh, Yankee Alien, yeah, that's what it was. It's pretty special. All right, so let's 
let's talk a little bit about um do you believe whenever you go undercover all your faults become virtues absolutely yeah yeah did this movie remind you at all of the departed no i mean i mean, obviously donnie brasco the departed all these movies have similarities um well actually and there's the, the whole rat thing in this felix the rat felix the rat you know there is that whole rat motif that was also prevalent in the mm-hmm. uh, department. No, but so no, I, I'm going to say so no. my zoom is my zoom's appropriate. Okay. Well, I mean, this, find, this is more successful, but yeah. Do you find um, Charles Martin Smith to be the unfunny Rick Moranis or Moranis? That's what that's, these are the notes I'm just going through real quick. Let's, let's you know just skip that. No, no. I, I think Charles Martin Smith is a treasure and it's so funny to watch his little tiny form try to square off against Fishburne later in the movie. He's yeah. like aiming the gun and he's aiming the gun so high. It made me, it was so cute to watch him, but you know, I think he actually, you know, it's, he's racist as hell in this. And he says some raw stuff. His character does. That's not Charlie Smith, but he's kind of great in this movie in a way. And it's funny because that guy's career, even though he's not a star, mm-hmm. he's had a pretty cool career. You don't like, not doing me. I can't see you. I'm going to see half your face. What's going on here? Give me the full Martin Smith. I'm comfortable. I'm, see the full. I'm comfortable. Um, right. No, I mean, you think about it, American Graffiti as mm-hmm. Terry the Toad. You think about Untouchables. You think about Never Cry Wolf, and he was the director. Mm-hmm. You know, he's kind of had a neat little career and can't hate him. I also, also think about Cry Wolf, which is a, stars John Bon Jovi. What Did is you ever it? see that? I'm thinking of that horror movie where there's like somebody in a mask. Like it's like a red cover. It's like, isn't it called Cry Wolf? Uh, is that Little Red Riding Hood? You no, thinking? there's this really bad. I never saw the movie, but there was a really, it was, it was a really bad. He's like, I red, believe this. I believe this movie is like Cry. It's like Cry underscore Wolf. 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 I can't say it. Cry underscore Wolf. I, I nailed it. Yep, I nailed it. That's the guy with the mask. Nailed it. And it's uh, John Bon Jovi and 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 everybody else. Yep, he's in that shit. Holy crap. We're going to be doing that movie at some point, I imagine. Uh, you know who else is in it? Who's the lead? Well, Jer- Jared Padalecki's in it. Damn, well, we have to do it then. But who's the I lead? Who's the actor? edited it. Who? Isn't your friend Seth Gordon? No. Oh. Seth Gordon's a director. No, the the guy that I know is Okay, Jeff yeah, we'll do, we'll do it because Gary Cole's in it. Right, but who is the lead actress? Julian Morris. Oh, I don't know her. Okay. Is that a girl? It's a man. Well, who is there a red haired actress in it? Canadian? Give me a name. Lindy Booth? Yes, Lindy Booth in this. It's kind of cute. Mm-hmm. I remember Lindy Booth. All right. So let's what what when when should we do that one? Cry Wolf. Give me a number. Um eleven hundred. <laughs> <laughs> we should do like a bunch of john bon jovi movies in a row do you ever think that he got so arrogant because you know he's so arrogant do you ever think he got so arrogant that he was like man I'll, now that i'm an actor they'll probably invite me to uh award shows they'll probably be presenting me with awards i might be in the running for an oscar someday and you mission accomplished i mean he was in What's the most prestigious film they ever put him in besides Cry, Cry U, Wolf? U571. Um, it's a, it's, it's a, available to purchase for 
<laughs> is it not? Is that the only way we can watch it? We can rent it for three ninety nine. And here, going back to the Chud days, I had a surplus of that DVD for a giveaway. A surplus, mm-hmm. and I was, I hated the artwork on the cover so much. I, I, I didn't even crack, crack it open to give it a shot. Am I, am I right that they put an underscore in the title? Yes, am I of right course. Yeah, that? of course. Why would you do it? It's like swim fan. Remember, swim fan had the at in it. Don't you ever ask me if I remember a swim fan again, <laughs> you son of a bitch! How dare you? How dare you? Do you can you remember anybody in swim fan? Jesse Bradford. Hmm. And uh, the girl, uh, the blonde, as it uh, the girl who's still good. Uh, born Agnes, I, born identity, right? Oh no, 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 not Agnes. Um, no, the she was in um, Erica Christensen. That's right. Traffic. Yeah. I was getting her mixed up with uh, the girl who was uh, in uh, the other movie. The one I met. You're getting her. I did you're get mixed- Jesse Bradford right, though. You're getting her mixed up with somebody that's still good, is what you're doing. Yeah. What's the, what's the girl who uh, who was in who played the love interest in uh, the Born Identity or whatever? Uh, the Just, woman you're the thinking fl- of is face. Julia Style, Julia Styles. Right. Yeah. Yes, flat face. That's right. Yeah. The woman. That you're thinking of. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I, I got her mixed up with, with the super flat face. <laughs> she has a horrible case of Faye Dunaway. Julia Stiles, she had a um, she had a uh, TV show that nobody really watched. I think two seasons of like a prestigious TV show that nobody really watched. We, she we was should a, zoom in. She was a star? Should, you know what? I think she was. And we should take maybe take a sidestep and zoom in. But we can't uh, the entire Julia Stiles TV show, whatever it is. Okay, so um, Larry Fishburne, as much of a moral compass as he has, he does not take that much convincing to become a a criminal here. Like he doesn't like he's he pushes against it. Then he decides to go undercover. And pretty soon he is selling drugs and killing people. Yeah, um, that is quite a slide. Don't you think? Now he's he does kill a very bad person. He kills yeah he kills a few people. Yeah, but he killed the 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 well who, yeah he does. But he the starter is a is like a guy named Ivy who somehow he's this um drug dealer that has uh, that's marking his territory. That's like he he's you meet his character when he shoots a, a kid, and then he has a driver like a limo driver. This woman that yeah. well, she's. So she, they're not in a limo, but she's dressed like she's a limo driver. Yeah. Right. And and they're making out and they're yeah, they're a yeah, team. They're a team. And he just kills people in broad daylight, basically. And then and then he goes dancing at a club. Yeah, of course he does. And there's okay, so there this is where the, the first unrealistic part of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um so well, first of all, yeah, he kills people, he's awful, he's and he he throws a few Arnold Schwarzenegger quotes around. But yeah, he does. When he meets I'll be his, back, right? Yeah. Uh, when he meets his maker against Mr. Mm-hmm. Fishburne, he's peeing, he's peeing, he's peeing. Uh, he stops peeing, and then he notices that Larry Fishburne's in the in the room, and they have a they have a little kind of a confrontation. And what does he do to Larry Fishburne before he is dispatched? He unzips his fly because Larry Fishburne's frozen, right? Because uh, he, he knows he has to kill this man, but he's you know, he's crossing that you know that boundary that he set for himself, and he's frozen. And the guy who's making fun of him. And he unzips his pants. And he pees on Larry Fishburne's shoes. He pees on him. He pees on him. Like Rawhead Rex. And successfully pees on him. That's what I'm saying. There's no way 
after you take a, a huge piss that you could command piss again. He commanded piss after pissing. What does that mean? I mean, you can't piss and then stop and then be done with pissing and then instantly retrieve piss from your body again. It's gone. It doesn't. The, the, I don't know what this piss where is this going. Piss doesn't work that way. You can't have a full piss and, oh. and then create piss again. So you're thinking that he. I, by wait, the way, could I say something? I'm in a hotel room. And I could just imagine what the person in the next room is thinking as I'm talking about all this full piss. Well, that's this is such a huge zoom because he de- he is at a urinal when Larry Fishburne comes into the bathroom and locks the door behind him. And the guy is obviously peeing. And Nick says he then turns around and pees again right. on Larry Fishburne. Now, he might have had a lot to drink, Nick. But you think that's too, that's too healthy of a stream. I think you can't. When you full piss, you can't piss again right away. Everybody well, knows that. Yeah. I don't know. Well, this movie. So you think this is basically this, this edges the movie into like a fantasy. No, I think, type. yeah, I think this guy is actually uh, some sort of an, a super, a super villain of sorts where he can uh, transfer piss from another dimension into his, into his penis mm-hmm. uh, at will, which is a shame because that may have been an interest, more interesting story than deep cover. Right. I like the yeah, idea yeah. of him actually sucking piss from somebody else's balls into his balls, and he pisses. Is that where pee comes from? Is that where it originates, huh? <laughs> when you're a supervillain. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> did you know that this guy is this 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 evil person that does this? He's got one, one, you know, one arch nemesis, I guess. Right, axe cape. Or Cape Axe. Cape Axe, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Messed it up. Um, so whenever Fishburne is tailing this guy, before he shoots him in the bathroom and gets away with it cleanly, it's he just gets away with it. And he realizes that no one really cares that he killed this guy and no one's coming after him. Uh, he is kind of casing, he's following him. And there's a scene when Fishburne is standing in front of uh, a magazine, like a bunch of magazines, uh, like a at a magazine stand, right? Right. Did you notice any of the magazines? I, did, I wasn't paying attention. I zoomed in. All right. So we got, I just, I got two. We got Mark Knopfler on the cover of Musician Magazine. Who I love to death. And we got Emily, Emmy Lou Harris, silver haired Emmy Lou Harris on the cover of Country Music Magazine. Nice. Yeah. And then there was a magazine called Relix Magazine. Relics. Is it relics? Yeah, it's a music magazine. It's great. So I never, I've never heard of it. So what? I didn't, I didn't look it up. So give me, give me the taste. I, if Did I remember you... correctly, it's about, uh, it's classic music. It's basically stuff that's been in release for a long time. They kind of highlight old stuff, like right. archive, library titles, and stuff like that. And and I know because that's I, because where you I'm get... old. That's the only place I could find the shit I like at this point because it's old. Well, that's and that's where you get your director's cameo on the cover of Relics magazine is Bill Duke shredding a flute. For real? No. Well, he he's in the bathroom scene. He's actually walking out of the bathroom as Larry walks in. That's his cameo. Is he? Did he give himself a wig or is he is he it's, bald? It's Bill Duke. Yeah, he's always bald. He's like Hitchcock in a way, you know, like he's big and bald in cameos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Goldblum plays, and and he's got a one line of dialogue in the movie. He's What's like he he's said? like I came to the bathroom with a with balls full of piss, and now it's gone. <laughs> Scratching his bald head, like where did the, all this piss go? 
Okay, anyway, what were you saying? Goldblum's character's name is he's it's it's like Jason. David Jason. Yeah, it's he's got like a great name. Mm-hmm. And at one point, the bad guys, Felix and his crew, visit Goldblum's house, and he's a he's a dad to a young child, and a, he has a he was trying to teach math too, and his wife is there. And um the bad guys come to his house, which he's mad at. He doesn't mm-hmm. like that. And uh he's in a He's in almost like a William L. Peterson type sweater with rolled up sleeves. It is beautiful. And and and, and unlike unlike Peterson, Goldblum's wearing the shit out of that. Yeah. It's an ugly sweater, but he still looks great. Yep. And he and I love his attitude in that scene. He he his mannerisms are peak Goldblum in that scene where he's kind of telling them to wait while he talks on the phone. He's speaking to the imprisoned one. It's very, very great how um how much Goldblum is in that scene. The funny thing is, is they, they portray him as this family man. And literally the next time you see him in the movie, he's coming out of the bedroom of a, a hooker, a black of girl. Course. And, and his, he says to Larry, why do I like ball and black chicks so much? And that starts yeah. that whole subplot of him and, and, and women of color. Yeah. There's this kind of, obviously they, you know, Fishburne teams up with this corrupt lawyer to kind of, you know, go above the, the kind of the middle tier bad guys or I guess, I guess the lower lowest tier of the bad guys, they're going to, they're going to have their own, their business. Uh, and, and, you know, Fishburne's plan is to kind of reach these uh, the upper echelon of, of baddies. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have this uneasy partnership where Goldblum says some kind of queasy racist things to, to Fishburne, which Fishburne always is like, you know, pushes back on. Um, and especially that scene at the, there's a, there's a woman that works for, Goldblum that is the love interest of the film and she's a art dealer but she also is like kind of the person that uh, launders the money uh, for Goldblum and um, that's a funny it's a it's a it's a good scene but I like the fact that (laughs) Fishburne tries he keeps he focuses on these masks these like kind of these wooden masks that the woman says, Hey, you can't afford these. And he's like, I'll take two. And he comes back later for those masks. Well, okay. So with money, that scene actually on Instagram, a couple of years ago, I actually played that scene on Instagram where he's wearing the, he puts the mask and he's like talking. No, no, no. The, the acting in that scene is rough, rough. Cause he comes, he comes, um, he walks. He walks into like he walks into the place. Mm-hmm. It's nighttime. There's this crazy blue light going on, and he. She goes. I'm tired. She says it's so. It's such a bad line delivery. Just awful. This is when he shows up for the second time. Right. He goes to buy the masks. Yeah. yeah. And he's not really there to buy the masks. Well, he, he wants to actually. Oh, he's there to slang. Yeah, he wants to buy her mask. But the mm-hmm. thing is, it's funny because. He, she goes, I'm tired. And he goes, I want my masks. It, I know that's the funniest. A tough, tough scene. And but but you're saying he's not there to buy them, but he does indeed buy those masks. He does. He buys two. Yeah, and then he bangs the daylights out of her. He does. And he and the thing is they never they never really show you his place with the masks up on the wall. Like you think that's what he's gonna do, right? But I he probably just th- throws those into his with the backseat of his car. Cause I don't think he, he's there to prove a point. He's got money. He can buy this stuff and he's there to have, um, 
sex with this with this um, this woman. But I just don't. I don't think those masks get the proper end note in this movie. I'd like to see what happened to him. Well, there's a, they, but there is a scene where uh, when this this guy sh- shows up at the end of, in her bedroom. Gives mm-hmm. her a big old kiss that is awkward as hell. The way he has to get onto the bed to get to her, and there is an African um, like mask sculpture in the foreground, which is kind of right. great because it okay it is that his place? No, is that his place? I don't, uh, I'm, I don't know. I, that's too hard, hard of a zoom. When they first have sex, uh, you know, when they first are getting it uh, getting a little freaky, she undresses, and then the next thing you see is she's in a kimono, like she dresses undresses into a kimono. And then they focus on instead of a fireplace, like maybe some sex scenes would do, they focus very closely on a stick of incense. Yes, that blew my mind. I actually wrote that down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like what's what sells a sex scene more than just a, a quick cut to incest, which incest incense, which tells mm-hmm. me, you know, why you know why they did that. Cover up some smells. Yeah, there was something going on. He still got that pee on his shoes. That's why she was like, "Let me." Did you? What's the smells weird? Let me uh, light this incense. No, actually, they yeah. cut out the dialogue. He goes, "I want butt play," and she says, "I just ate a rip roaring Spanish dinner," and then he lights the incense instantly. Uh, you know what they call it? Incense. Tell me. Well, because it's it's so expensive, you get incense at the prices. You know what I'm saying? That's ridiculous. Yeah. How much you have to pay for that shit? Are you kidding me? That's true. That's a good call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. There's a nun shot. There's a later, right after following this kind of sex scene, there's a nun shot of a, of a sexy nun that's just in the dinner scenes, kind of stripping in the background, showing, showing some major leg, and then just keeps rubbing her leg in, a, I guess, a very provocative way, but in a full nun habit. What do you think? Uh, it's, it's delicious. Do you think it was a deftly deployed, um, you know, religious? Like, there's a, there's some very religious overtones of this film. Do you think that was very the, intentional? The better part of me would like to think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If there's a god, that's the way you want it to show up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the scene where uh, Goldblum's hands get slapped. Nick. That is. That's a tough scene for some reason. I don't know why that scene bothers me so much. Because uh, they're mean, they're being mean to Goldblum, who we all love. Yeah, even though he's a di- he's a dick in this. He's still Goldblum though, impossible, and he sells impossible it. not to love to death. He's enraged. He's the 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 bad guy's berating him, and he starts playing a game with Goldblum where he embarrasses him, slaps his hands, and really hard slaps his face, and Goldblum has to take it. Yeah, it's it's a tough scene. But it's interesting. I think that's a, a I think that's a very memorable scene from this movie. It is, and it's it's mm-hmm. when he when he grabs him and punches at the top of his hand. It's it's funny because the editing of that scene is very weird, uh, and and actually they get a lot of mileage out of the way they do edit it. So good for them. And now let's. Did, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Did you notice somebody that showed up in this movie from a little movie we did a few months ago called Virus? No, one of the police. Oh like yeah, one yeah, of the crook, yeah, yeah. The little Spaniard yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. Julio Oscar, who's dead. Magoso, he, he died. He, he did pass away. Yeah, I like that guy a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is a he's has a very interesting presence on film. Oh, that's right. He's the one who says that hilarious word over and over again. 
he keeps saying that, that his name in, over and over envi- again. Yeah, and virus. Yeah. yeah, he's best friends, whatever the yeah. Um, you know it's funny, yeah, he, okay. So obviously our most recent podcast we did one of the greatest um the one of the greatest film shots of all time right Mm -hmm. yeah the the cat ass right yes well this film matches it steve by the way is what he keeps saying steve steve um in virus yeah what's this film has the best wipe of all time all right yep you're right and this is something you've talked to me about before and I didn't remember it. Yeah, actually, this wipe left such an impression on me that I was hysterical laughing when I saw it in the theater. I, I, I could not I could not control myself when I saw it in the theater. I was the only person in the theater laughing, and it was uh, uh, uncomfortable how much I was laughing. Well, it takes place after a drive-by shooting right. where someone gets shot point blank, and then, they, then it's a very, you know... It's a solemn shoot. conversation between the two of them. Mm-hmm. But it wipes with a homeless person walks across the screen yeah changes scenes and so we did in the magazine that we used to have movie insider and then on chud too we did something devoted to like the best transitions of all time mm-hmm. and, and, and there. this this and josh lucas and the hulk were the two standouts that i can remember but i just cannot believe uh, you know you, you hear about you know people wanting to be a fly on the wall when they're making decisions in movies, like, you know, the idea of the cannolis and the Godfather or, you know, like with the shark and jaws, like you want to be there when they, when this, this decision happens, this blows those away. This blows those completely apart. The idea, like who came up with the idea of wiping? It's like, you know, we could do an outline around this homeless person right after a drive by to this, this solemn conversation, we could just do a homeless wipe and somebody's like fucking bananas. Let's do it. Well, uh, it is. This movie is edited by. I wrote it down. Somebody great. By where? Where is it? Edited by. Well, this is. This might explain it. Edited by John Carter. <laughs> of, you know, John Carter of. Yeah, Warlord from Mars. Yeah. Yeah. So he might have had some insane input into some of these decisions. I think. Um, by the way, John Carter, the movie, what do you think? Kind of like it. Yeah. Um, John Carter direct, uh, edited some some knockers. He, he, yeah, so good for him. Um, you know what? what do you, think you, know what, you know what John Carter is? Yeah. It's, hmm. it's Harry Knowles' Meg. Oh, you're like, he, yeah, so he got to make, he made it though. Well, no, that's not true because he didn't make it. Right, you're right. Right. It's his Meg. You're right. Yeah. We both, yeah. I mean, I can't, that, that's like a, that's a war with no winner, but, um, so let's talk. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about, um, some of the other, uh, classic things about this film. There's a scene where, uh, there's a scene where Jeff Golem talks about the discharge that comes out of a woman mm-hmm. during sex. Yeah. He's very sex focused in this. I, I, you know, I did not, I, I did not remember that from any previous viewings of this film. And I cannot believe it made its way into this one, to be honest. Well, they're always talking about like they're always talking about sex things, Lawrence Fishburne and, and Goldblum. And they both take a kind of similar. I don't know. They both kind of get worse as the movie goes. They they both get less and less 
tied to morality as they go and you know as they go through this film and you know by the end of it Fishburne kind of comes back and Goldblum doesn't you know go Goldblum gets worse and worse and so but you know there is a little bit of a camaraderie before that happens and this is one of those instances where they're just kind of having this I don't know weird sex conversation that happens a couple times in the film right yeah by the way John Carter R.A.P. oh did he pass away yeah so one of the reasons Deep Cover is so seminal is Jeff mm-hmm. Goldblum's dialogue. He um and and Fishburne's got some great stuff too, but mm-hmm. um the uh <laughs> the uh it's the Londres mats. It's the Londres mats. Do you remember that? Yeah, mm-hmm. that I killed do, me. That killed me. It continues to make me happy to think about. And then of course the best the best is is during the confrontation between he and Felix Barbosa. Probably the best part of the movie uh, is the scene where they where they they uh, they capture their adversary who is about to turn the tables on them and have them killed. They turn the tables on him and take him away in a car and it's a very bad car chase, an awful car chase. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But Goldblum has has reached, you know, he's unlocked his his uh, mid level boss character, and he is. <laughs> torturing his his adversary yeah the guy that was slapping his hands now he's turned the tables right Mm -hmm. and he shoots him in both hands he shoots him which which is better than what it's way better than what happened to him uh with the slaps but then he (laughs) he's he's telling you know they're yelling at each other and and to felix's credit he's kind of taking it he's not pushing Mm out um but then, yeah, and well, Goldman's trying to get him to jump out of the moving car, and he doesn't want to do it. That's when he gets his hand shot. So then he has to open the door with his ruined his shot up hand yeah. and has to jump out. And as he jumps out of the car, what happens? He gets shot in the asshole. He gets bo- he gets a little boost by getting <laughs> shot in the butt. Yeah, and 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 then he gets a little boost from a from a police car. And I so all survivable, all survivable until the police. Yeah, and I, I I freeze frame through that scene. It is one hell of a dummy shot. I have a screen grab of it that may work its way onto Instagram. It's pretty uh, effective though. It's a great shot, but the best is, and this is the this the other part where I laugh like a stupid idiot in the theater, is because Jeff he, Jeff Goldman says we'll have shrimp. Then then the guy gets completely killed, and then after the guy is is super dead, they cut to Goldblum. <laughs> continuing to talk to him and the deliver the line delivery well, is well, the, the bad guy weird well, the bad guy says i'll see you in hell right that's what he says to goldblum and, goes and we'll have shrimp yeah and, and goldblum goes yeah we'll have shrimp and then he shoots him in the ass and then he guy gets completely slaughtered and then there's a shot of goldblum hanging out of the car going yeah we'll have barbecue jumbo shrimp you motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> it is the best and you know everybody always cites that um that line from jurassic park where or you know the, the part where goldblum's laughing remember they always show that people always get that clip because it's so ridiculous yeah. this is t- this is so much more, more ridiculous than that you know that mother the way he says motherfucker is is it is almost like he's afraid for anybody to hear him say such a bad word it's like he's he doesn't want his mom to hear him so he's but the thing is, is the the shot before that they kick they kick Felix out. He, he's the and then there's a shot of the car. The doors are all closed, and it's yeah. driving away. And then he gets completely obliterated. And then the next shot is Goldblum hanging out of the car. It's it's 
it's not good filmmaking, but and I love the fact that that's the take that they landed on for the final cut of the movie. Right. It's it's you know and it's an effective scene though. I mean, it, maybe it's sloppy, but it's effective. I think. No, and and they do a great job in making Goldblum more than just this peripheral character. Like it really is those two guys for the mid mid section of the movie. They they are they 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 don't have equal screen time. But but they've paid a lot of attention to Goldblum's character and and his little uh, eccentricities and all that and it's it's a legit second lead like he he's not just like this villain character he doesn't they do a wonderful no and he's that. he's on the warpath after the hand slapping he's been embarrassed and he wants to take down the world and so they put him to to uh, communicate this to everybody they put him in a gigantic leather coat gigantic Nick. And they slick back his hair. Oh they yeah, slick, slick, they slick back those lovely Goldblum locks, and they—he looks ridiculous. So he survived this whole movie where he looks pretty dapper, and it, even in that weird sweater, the dad sweater, he rolls that up. He looks good. The end, when he uh, is in that huge leather coat, it is—it's ridiculous. And actually, he looks and that's another insane. thing. There's a- looks insane. It's it's there's a lot of strains of credibility in this film, mm-hmm. um, but at the end, where Fishburne's quit the police department, he has pulled a gun on his superior. He's disobeyed rules and uh, done drugs and all this and that. And then you know, yeah. basically, they come into the scene against the this, the big bad, who is an awful actor, by the way, the mm-hmm. guy who plays the super bad, who they killed in the movie theater. Um, He's bad, yeah. He does get killed in the movie theater, but he's not the big bad. The big bad is at that final meet with when Goldblum's right, right, in that right, big right, gant right, coat. Right. That's it. The biggest bad. Mm-hmm. But that the guy, biggest but bad. tell you what, did you notice the shoes that guy was wearing in the movie theater? I didn't. No, they were like in, they were please. almost like little ballerina slippers. It was very mm-hmm. bad. He deserved to die. But um, geisha, get the geisha shoes. <laughs> yeah, you wish. Um, but th- there's that confrontation with them once once the the Clarence Williams the third gets killed or shot. That little conversation with Goldblum and, and Fishburne, where all of a sudden Fishburne's a cop again, you know, convenient. Mm-hmm. I know. Um, I know. That's a great little scene between them two. And actually, Goldblum, I love the fact that Goldblum, you see him start to realize that he's a cop, and then there's this moment, and then, then right after that, he he goes back. He, he still cares for him in some way or another, and tries to convince him to come with him anyway. Uh, and it's no, it's me. great. It, it's interesting because okay, so we didn't really talk about Clarence Williams, the or not. Um, uh, Speaking it, of absolute horseshit actors, Clarence Williams the uh, third. I mean, he's an awful. I kind of, I love him, but he's uh, an awful actor. So he his character in this is kind of a. Even though he starts the movie where he kind of sucker punches Lawrence Fishburne just because he's a criminal, um, his character is like a, a moral center in this, like where he's trying to clean up the community, trying to get drugs out of the community. And he knows that Fishburne is a cop. I think he knows he's undercover, right? So at the end, when he's he confronts Goldblum and Fishburne, and he's like, I'm going to go for my gun. Don't shoot me. I, you need to come with me. And then Goldblum <laughs> shoots him a lot, Clarence Williams. Or that's when, that's when um, for some reason, they don't, it's not, they don't do a great job at this where they, Fishburne has a breakdown over his this person dying, this cop dying. And you don't know. You should have done that. Yeah, Yeah, he says that. Now, it's very effective and it's very good. It's just that those two characters don't have a lot of screen time together. So this over this reaction is kind of coming out of nowhere, it seems. Um, 
But what I do like about, I do like the scene and, and what you're saying is Goldblum finds out in that scene that Fishburne's a cop and he goes, you know what? Who cares? Let's go. Let's do this anyway. We're so close let's, to being super loaded. Yeah. 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 Let's do it. By the way, and I think that's unconventional and interesting. We gave yeah. a lot of love to, to Goldblum's barbecue shrimp. During that scene, Larry Fishburne screams at the wheel of the car for no reason. And it is miracle. It's, it's 20 miracles. Oh, whenever all that stuff's happening. Yeah, there's a shot yeah, of him yeah. going, ah! It's so cute. Yeah. and, and it, it's all, it's a tense scene. He doesn't want Goldblum to be doing any of this I know, but you, the, he's got car. so much swagger in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's all gone in that moment. He is girling but out. You said my, you said my favorite, which was, you shouldn't have done that. That's my favorite part of this film, is whenever Goldblum shoots Clarence Williams the third, and then he fight, and then he final shoots him. Then he like shoots him again. He's like, oh, is this what that's hanging between you and me leaving together? And he kills him yep. dead. And then what did and just say that again. That's my favorite. You shouldn't have done that. <laughs> and then that's that spells Goldblum's fate. Yeah. He gets killed. He gets killed in a big coat. And then we get to watch him slowly die, which is kind of great. The funny thing is, is so Fishburne was electric in King of New York. Yes. Electric in that movie. And mm-hmm. and it's funny because you don't see a ton of that version of him in this movie, but there is one moment, and and it's a, from somebody who grew up in New York. The, the the words meant a lot to me, but so in his big thing in 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 uh, King of New York was the "Where's my rupee?" Do you remember the, that whole situation? Mm-mm. Well, I can't remember. Okay, yeah. so he he in this movie, um, the the, the Felix, I believe it's Felix, is asking him about where he's going to move the coat, how he's going to move this drugs. And he goes, do Gim- do gimbals tell Macy's motherfucker. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. In this movie. Yeah. Of yeah. Course. And, 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 and I don't know if a lot of people knows what gimbals is because gimbals was a department store that my uncle worked at in New York. I think it's from that. What's the Santa Claus movie? Miracle on. Isn't that true? Like, it isn't, that, and, isn't that, isn't that, Weren't, wasn't Miracle on 34th Street or something? Is it? Aren't those two locations oh, stores featured in that film? Maybe that's a great zoom. I uh, might be, might be zooming. There is a Santa in this movie at the beginning. Yeah, I hate that. By the I way, hate that Miracle on 34th bullshit. No, we'll zoom in. We'll do that. We promise you guys, we'll zoom in on that one. They actually remade okay, that. So too. In, in the uh, yeah, you're right. So okay, in the in the remake, it was Macy's. Uh, Gimbal's was in the original. <laughs> That's ins- that's a that's a, it's a sweet that's a super zoom, yeah. Look at this zoom. Um, and by the way, and when in Hollywood, what is a gimbal used for? I know it's a filmmaking thing. Why? What is it? Yeah, you so you put you put things on it to move them around. Like if you have a room that like tilts over, put on a mm-hmm. damn gimbal, you know. And then, right. but now you have to put it on a Macy's. But <laughs> fucking gimbals. What about that nerd in this movie? When he's talking, because what the 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 partnership that Goldblum and Fishburne, you know, they team oh, up. The they're they're <laughs> going to sell like this synthetic version, like this this hybrid version is cocaine plus, right? Cocaine plus a little, and they get this red-haired nerd talking about what cocaine is and then what their cocaine is. He's like a he's like a he he has one scene. He's a young, like kind of simply red, like the lead actor from Simply Red looks like that guy, the lead actor singer. Yeah. The singer. Oh, the and he, it, the best. What's that guy's name? Yeah, yeah. What's that guy's name? I don't know. But he, 
he's talking about he has and he has uh he has like a presentation like he's showing a computer simulation of like what cocaine uh like looks like close up like the the molecules or whatever like what makes it up it's just such a dumb scene like i've got two bits of information that are not surprising okay mick hucknell the lead singer of simply red still a band Well, they did have a couple hits, so that's good enough. Okay. By the way, we always make fun of that. Guess who's still a podcast? <laughs> Us. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know how to take that, to be honest. But take it well. We just, we just, we're getting serious about okay. this. We just created a Facebook page. I just, I just found a. V- the world's a fucked up place right now. It is. I mean, there's a lot of shit. I mean, people are using the internet for a wide variety of nefarious reasons. It's really dr- tearing us apart as a species. That's true. Um, but there is a very detailed timeline of Simpler Red's band members on Wikipedia, which may be the biggest offense that the internet has gone through. There is a very detailed timeline of every Simply Red band member mm-hmm. and their period and their instrument. And it is a lot of people. This is, I'm sure it is. This is, it's, and it's there's bandwidth the one, right now being sucked for this purpose. It, it's funny because they did start out like they started out like in high school. Uh, did you know that? No, they were known as Pimply Red back then. Let's admit, <laughs> but the one constant yeah, you're gonna be... say they were simply pink and then they matured, but no. But did you do you the one constant's the lead singer, right? Yeah, I mean, I think he, I think he's known a little bit for being like kind of a pretentious guy. I think. Okay, so we got if you don't know be if you don't know me by now, mm-hmm. which was a big hit, right? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I used to like. Then, I remember holding back the years, mm-hmm. and that's it. The funny thing is, so this is way more interesting. I always get them mixed up with the band that had the song, and I, maybe it's the same band. I don't think so. I, Alive and Kicking. No, that's, that's simply that's Simple Minds. Simple Minds. That's it. That's it. Did you know they were a high school band? Really? What were they? Pimple Mind. Pimple Mind. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I have a I have a hot take on Simple Minds. Let's hear it. They, uh, me, they are, they're you two without the luck. You think so? I do. Of the Irish? Of the Irish? Well, they're Scottish. I, no, they're, I think they're Scottish. But I, Who, you too? No, Simple Minds. Oh, but I, I, I yeah, think I was... that they are a, a hair's breadth away from 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 having that same career, if not better, because they, they're probably better musicians. But Nick, Nick, I want to say this to you about Simply Red. The lead singer has red hair. They named his band after his hair color. That's what he did. Right. Right. That's what that's the that's where he that's where the band name comes from is hair. You know? Yeah. That's weird. That's not cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the funny thing is he dyes his hair on top, his pubes are red. So this band is actually named after his pubes. <laughs> sounds like it. That's what their sounds sound. Well, anyway, so this movie ends at like I said, at a gravesite for this neighbor that you don't care about, um, and Fishburn is, you know, Belinda and Fishburn, uh, you know, comforting her her Game Boy playing son. But he said he has some voiceover at the end, 
where he talks about how he's stuck in a position of he's got all this money that he took that that cops don't know about and he if if he keeps it he's a criminal if he turns it in he's a fool and then if he uses it it'll go bad if he spends it to do good it'll probably go bad and he says it's an impossible choice and he says in a way one we all have to make now (laughs) i don't do we no yeah maybe though like if you break it down and really think about it and i bet if bill duke would tell you like he said this is what i meant i bet it would make sense you know, but, uh, I don't want to think about this guy when he's waiting for his COVID check to come. <laughs> think about the ruminations and pretentious shit he's going to say then. You know? <laughs> Do you think he's still... Then This movie takes place... This is almost what we said. It, was, it takes place in 92, yeah, right? right? Do you think this, this man, this John Hull or... Russell, whatever his last name right. is, do you think he's still alive today Absolutely. in this world? Yeah, I no, I, I I would love to see the continuing adventures of John Hall, you know, um, where where he is, uh, he's he's wealthy, independently wealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he uh, he has a uh, some sort of a you know like a front, like a business is a front. Maybe he has a uh, you know like one of those olive oil stores that are creeping up all over the place now. Right, and it's a front for his empire. But he's sitting there, fucking. He's on Facebook all the time, like constantly, like you know, trolling people. I, I mean, that, I mean, that's why that's what I think John Hull would be doing. You know, he's sort of trolling people and waiting for that COVID check. John Hull sounds like an action, like an action hero. That's such a it's a wasted name on this movie in a way because it's great. I, I could see a whole. I get it. You know, John Wick, John Hull, like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I can see all. <laughs> or or the idea of him having a boat. <laughs> it's a choice that we all have to make. Do we buy a boat with this money yeah. or I don't think I don't, I don't understand the end. I'm confused. I'm zoom I'm trying to zoom in. I just I keep remembering the one thing in this movie is when that guy is peeing and then he pees on the shoes. His shirt is completely sweated. He is from dancing. both sides, both sides, super sweating back. He's sweated through so much that it looks like he has got a multicolored shirt on. And you realize it's just a one colored shirt, but it's sweated through to a uh, almost a pretty pattern, you know, like a. Yeah, it's like a Rorschach Mothman, you know, yeah. and then um, he also is wearing humongous chains. He is. And then he dies saying, too, he's, I think his last line is, you fucking bitch. Yeah, and that's what he says. And the thing, here's another thing, and, and I, I, I'm sorry that he leaves that uh, Prince Dancer lookalike behind you know, after he mm-hmm. passes, but Guy... Yeah, his driver. Yeah, he kisses her with bubble gum in his mouth. <laughs> so you have a problem with this. Yeah, so he bubble gum kisses you, her. you never been bubble gum kissed? Oh, I have. That's why I'm bringing it up, you know? Damn, bragging. Well, I mean, everybody's. I was at a Dalia concert, you know. <laughs> do you ever? Uh, did you ever uh, kiss somebody and then they gave you their gum? Oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, yeah. That's how my mom put me to bed every night. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that happening to me and thinking, um, "Oh, adulthood, adulthood is going to be hell." Yeah. 
No, actually, I don't want to. I don't want to have other people's gum in my mouth. I found it exhilarating when I was young. It's like, did you really? Yeah, it was penetrative. You know, it was like you're sharing something because it's like it's like a 13 year old thing. It's like that's naughty shit. Yeah, yeah. I was super young, yeah. but it, it was gross to me. I was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, if someone took a big bite of a hoagie and did that, I was into well, it. Well, we started to do corn on the cob kisses, which was very weird. <laughs> yeah, and then do you like corn on the? Let me zoom in on corn on the cob. Do you like to when you eat corn on the cob? Do you like to roll it in a on a stick of butter? Do you ever do that? I used to, but no, I don't do it anymore. Yeah, me neither. But I do love. I, to, I, I do get great pride in a in a nice like knife. You cut off a nice sliver of it. It's magical. Yeah, it's very good. I I make a pretty good uh, corn on the cob. Not that hard to do, but I I just eat it off the cob, my man. I don't take. I don't do that knife action. It's ridiculous. It's a, though. It's I'm just afraid to do it. Really. Well, to me, it's. I mean, you want to talk about uh, food in you and on you? When you bite into that corn, man, you're getting. Especially if you have a beard, that shit's. That's a family member now. That's that's riding with you. You're you've a pretty serious beard right now. It's it's I noticed it's penetrative. I can't get there. I can't do that. My beard just is it's just so scraggly and dumb. Yeah, yeah. I can't do it, but I try. Man, someday. Do you remember your first Asabuco kiss? Hmm. It was today. <laughs> I got one today. So okay, I, there's this this film is actually notorious or like kind of famous for something. And I didn't realize um, that it was who it was. The end song is the first no, after N- NWA performance by Dr. Dre and one of the very first Snoop Dogg performances. It is one of the worst songs ever made. It is not. It is so bad. It is. It feels is like it, a parody of an Ice Cube of an Ice T song. I think it's kind of that beat plays throughout it, and it's devoid divorced of of their. Of vocals the beats and stuff, fine. Right? The beats fine, but but the mm-hmm. the deep cover, you know, it's it sounds like Ice T's colors. It just sounds mm-hmm. it sounds like a cover. It sounds like like they're trying too hard or they're faking it. Obviously, history has favored them. I'm not going to win this argument, but it just you don't like the song. It's is too what you're it's too overt, and it feels. And granted, this is '92. This was before a lot of this. You know, this was like golden era for the mm-hmm. genre, but. It just felt so overt and trying so hard. And it, you know. Well, I didn't like the fact that they focused so much on Belinda's death and the lyrics of that song. Yeah. Can't believe she's gone. Well, yeah. That's so cold. That's so cold. Her son's playing the Game Boy at the gravesite. Yeah, like, I think that's new. What a parent. What a parent. <laughs> what a parent. What a. Yeah, that was great. And then, yeah. and then I, I thought it was funny um, that they buried Ivy right next to her. And they're like, why is her grave always perfectly watered? And then you hear like a little laughter underneath the grave where I, he's like, I got piss balls for days. <laughs> so <laughs> he's laughing under there, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, joke's on us, I guess. Yeah. He, uh, she, they did, she's they six buried. feet under, right? She's six that feet be- under. And he's peeing down there. So is she a member of the Ivy League? Is that well? Is wouldn't that, that deep be enough? What's more surprising to you if when they actually show that they're at the end at Belinda's grave, who's had one scene in this film, 
and Fishburne's at her gravesite, and he and he's putting stuff on it. Like he puts like uh, his money from his father's <laughs> dead father's hands onto the grave for no reason. So so and it says Belinda. That what if they then pan over and it does say Ivy? <laughs> would 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 that like another gravestone? Would that shock you? I'd be like, oh yeah. yeah. Okay, so first of all, uh, the, one of the other things we should track on these things is the Google searches that we do during the podcast. I already right. fucked up earlier, but um. Well, you just you Googled simply red. I mean, that's already. <laughs> but the, the okay, so and 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 it it filled in as I was typing this. I I started type. How deep is a and it filled in league. <laughs> of course. But the what it should have it should have gone. How deep is your love or something like for the beat for the right beating. right right. But the funny thing is, remember I said six feet under. Is that a, is that a league? I was close. Oh, what is <laughs> Three it? Three miles. <laughs> Good education. We should get to print out the lyrics of this this deep cover song, but uh, maybe another time. So Nick, it's time to do the work. Work? Do we do we talk enough about Lindy Booth? All right. So you were at the tattoo parlor, mm-hmm. and uh, your 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 life carriage needs some ink, and it's today's deep cover day. You've walked in. You know you've made your appointment. And uh, he's like, he's got his uh, his sketch pad out, you know. What are you getting done, and where are you getting it done? Have we tattooed? Have we tattooed our ears yet? No. All right. So I would get on my left ear because I believe that's in the movie, the left ear of the movie. There's a scene when the middle tier baddie meets Lawrence Fishburne and strokes his beard, but then he does a quick snatch oh, to his ear. He pulls his earring off. Pulls his earring. Uh, and slices his ear so he's got an earring and he slices you know pulls down almost like a it's almost like a chinatown thing right when right jack gettys gets a switchblade flicker in the nose right Ugh. so yeah this is very painful and fishburn gives him like he does not like in his ear his earring ripped out yeah i would get um a tattoo of that of like a bloody rip nice and then have a get a ear piercing and so then but it would clip on. I guess I wouldn't get it pierced because I don't want that to happen to me. Right. But I would. I would have other. I would let people. Hey, pull this earring off, and they would, and and they go, oh, wait, deep deep cover. That'd be- is that your deep? Is that deep cover kind of tattoo? Yes, yeah, so that's what I would do. It's cool. It's a little bit of a I don't know performative tattoo, but so I've got the Last Supper on my forehead, uh, and it and what it is is it's Goldblum is in the middle as Jesus, and he's wearing an apron. And he's got a little grill on the table, and he's making barbecued shrimp. And your tattoos are always. And to his mine. left is Felix, who has a halo above his head, getting ready to eat the shrimp. And he's got his his napkin tucked into his shirt because he's he was killed. He, the last thing he heard as he died was about barbecued shrimp, and here he is. And he went to heaven surprisingly, and he's eating. So and then everybody in the film is sitting at this table. They're all in in, in the poses. You know, you got you got Charles Martin Smith and he's kind of, you know, he's really small and he's kind of looking up at everybody at the far end of the table. Fishburne is there and he is just like looking so cool. You know, it's just so mm-hmm. badass. And he's got a, a Gimbel's name tag with his name on it. And th- so everybody like completely represented. Wait, is Victoria Dillard there? Oh, yeah. She's the art dealer. Yeah. yeah. She's there. Yeah. And she's sleeping. I'm tired. <laughs> 
So, so I got a, I got the Last Supper uh, as personified by the cast of Deep Cover. So that's pretty cool. Um, what's our boy's name? What's the what's the cute old man's name from Cuckoo's Nest? Uh, Sidney Lassick. No, his character. He's there. Gopher. Uh, Gopher. Yeah. So I've got him. He has got the same. He's got two ammo belts across his chest, like Schwarzenegger, Mm -hmm. and he's got like a fifty mil in his in each hand, and he's just like ripped out. He's like got his fucking. He's like, you know. I would love this, this. I wish this happened. I would love to see the tattoo artist that you commissioned, and are explaining this about what you wanted this to be. And then just get into all these details. Like I think it would be great if this guy nailed it. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Except he doesn't know how to draw shrimp. <laughs> so, this, is the only ta- this is the only tattoo you'd have to, after it's done, you'd have to do a walkthrough to make sure he got all the details. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. And it makes me wish that I was able to like have a, like a stand in for it. Mm hmm. You know, somebody, somebody to 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 receive the tattoo who's better equipped for it, so that I could really enjoy it. Because it's hard to see it on your own forehead, right? right? So if you can get like Devin Ioki, I mean, you could do it at like actual size. <laughs> so uh, um, it's pretty, it's pretty sweet. That's some that's some serious thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Oh my god. That's where you go. That's where you go. That's where the name I, of the and tattoo I wish I, would be. I wish, and it was spelled S I R I U S. I I wish that I had left my my tapest my back tapestry available. Op- you know that spot open because that would have you can been- call it backestry. <laughs> um, and can I tell you, um, you know, there is one character who is not from the film who is at that Last Supper. Mick Hucknall. Oh. Mick Hucknall's there at the table. <laughs> <laughs> I, see is he is he holding the 50 calibers or whatever too no he, he's actually he's sipping a, a very gentle chablis but i walked up but i i burst into the i burst into the tattoo parlor like a gunslinger into a saloon saying you better have some fucking red ink <laughs> that's good i'd get a i'd get a bloodline on my earlobe that's that's my tattoo. Um, Can you repeat yours? <laughs> um, so you're at. Um, you've been given the, the the gracious fortune to build your own deep cover related enterprise. A lot of ways it can go. How do you spend mm-hmm. that cash? How do you take that loan and put it to good use? You have any ideas? Yeah. Um, so I have this hybrid thing. It's 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 a pop-up store. You know, like uh, Brookstone does at Christmas. Or like, you know, they had the Tron arcade that popped up. Yeah. This is a, um, it's a pool hall. Um, of course. With, um, there's no balls. Did you say pool hall? <laughs> Go ahead. And, and, and basically, uh, it's a place for, it's like one of those rooms where you break shit. It's like a place where you, when you have a conflict with somebody, you go to the right. pool hall and you settle it with sticks. Like you beat the daylights out of each other with these sticks. But one of the cool things is, is to capture more of the deep, the deep cover essence. In addition to that sm- smashing each other with sticks, um, we also have a very nice little mask shop uh, where, where, you know, where, where the, where the, the men's room would be. 
So you can get yourself your African mask. You can get yourself mm-hmm. your ass kicked. But yeah, with a pool cue, and and they're made of the softest material known to man, um, so that you know, obviously, you're not causing major damage, and it still is more dangerous and convincing than in the film. <laughs> he was he was breathing after that beating that they say yeah. he's dead. He yeah. was he was breathing, and to be you fair, know, it's hard to act dead on a pool table. You know I who know, saw I've this film this. and 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 completely blew chunks? Gaspar Ney. <laughs> he couldn't take it yeah <laughs> too much too much lost him he's lost all of his food he's puking all over the house and he's he's like oh he's still poor gasper nay poor gasper nay well i would do i would make a, a game a sell a game the deep cover game okay and it would be um, the hand slapping game that takes place in this, where you put your palms down, you have both hands, palms down, and another person across from you puts their hands under you, palms up, and then you have they have to take their hands and slap the top of your hands before you can move them away. Yeah, um, I call it the deep cover game. Mm-hmm. I have a picture of the hands on the cover from this movie. You know, mm-hmm. the stars, uh, Goldblum and Felix, right? And then you open the box and there's nothing in it. <laughs> But a, you know, what directions, yeah, right? Yeah. And just say uh, rules. S- try to slap the other person's hands. Can I ask you, did you ever have to play that in school? I've played this game before, yes. Did you get a little, did yeah, you get a little I, nervous? I hated that game, yeah. Because it was, it hurt. Of, well, not only that, there was also sort of a sweat, like a a coolness thing associated with it. If you weren't good no, at it, it you, were, you were kind of a fuck up. You kind of people... Were you good at it? I wasn't good at it. I wasn't awful at it, but I wasn't good at it either. And I also, there were those guys who would slightly bend their hands to cheat a little bit, to kind of mm-hmm. give you some resistance to keep you from getting the old sweet, sweet retrieve, you know? And well, there, there's the, the thing in this game is Goldblum, the movie, he takes his hands away too quickly and gets shamed for it. Like he's too, he's anticipating takes his, So when we did that, it would, you just reset if you did it too early. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if it, yeah, there was some kind of line that made it valid, like the hands flipped. I just over. had a vi- I, I have a vivid memory from from uh, middle school right now about this in the locker room. Yeah. The first time yeah. I ever smelled body odor was during this during this the game because this kid named Christian Flynn was in the zoom in. He zoom for, in. He was like all like wiry and muscular even then, and he was all wet and stuff. Smelled like a, a trailblazer. But, and, but he was playing that game, and, and all I can remember is the first body odor. Yeah. It's a, did he win? Did he Flynn? <laughs> well, you mentioned Tron. That's <laughs> true. Um, okay, so, well, and and he played a, a minister in, in One Night at McCool's. Uh, first time I noticed body odor was during this movie when I was watching it <laughs> earlier. I was like, <laughs> What's that musk? It's man musk. It smelled good in quarantine. Um, all right. So yeah, uh, we, we nailed that. Um, you are a character in this in this the deep rising the deep rising the deep cover universe. Mm-hmm. Where do you fit into this machine? Hmm. Well, there is a bartender in this that has to watch all of this 
Do you know that he has to kind of watch all this violence go down all yep. the time? And he just always not he's again. always cleaning. Yeah. He's always cleaning glasses and going, is it going to happen? I hope not. You know, because he's like picturing his night. Right. Um, and maybe he'll get hurt, too. Right. <clears throat> maybe I'd be one of the people that works with him. That I have to scroll the screw the pull cues back together after after a beating and just like, yeah. you know, wipe them down and screw them back together. He cleans the glasses and I do that. It's pretty good. Yeah, that's my character. Wow. What a what a awesome character I've come up with. <laughs> See, my original my original take was was going to be the gravedigger with the most thankless job, but I'm going to go somewhere else. Um, so I'm I'm a policeman, mm-hmm. and so I'm I've got timely timely, <laughs> and I am wearing jeans, like ri- mm-hmm. like nice, comfortable ripped jeans, but I'm wearing a police shirt with mm-hmm. the badge on it and all that. But only half of me is in police regalia. You know, because I'm mm-hmm. part of me is incognito, but part of me is wide open police. So everybody knows I'm a cop, except the, the people that are looking at my lower. Do they know you're a cop because you're barely doing anything right? Is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, I'm, 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 I just can't, I can't get it done. I, I just, you mm-hmm. know, you know, I start doing coke, you know, to try to, to try to, you know, fit in. But then they see that I'm half dressed as a policeman. Okay. So it's very shallow cover. <laughs> it's not deep. Um, yeah, I'm overcover. I'm an overcover officer. I'm doing. I'm in the station at my desk doing coke. <laughs> <laughs> but we started to talk about the nerd with his designer drug thing. We did. This yeah. is a recurring theme on this show: is very bad computer graphics. It is, yeah. Well, we're doing a lot of '90s films, and and you know there were you know '80s, '90s. They were obsessed with computers doing the work, right? Yeah, and being incorporated, and people were using it. And then you know computers obviously advance so quickly that this guy's graphics it must have looked state of the art at the time. Yeah, and so that guy, that guy is at the station, and he's doing. He's got a, like this. He's done this rudimentary model of um charles martin smith's character and it's a, it's a shallow fake <laughs> he's he superimposed this fake charles martin smith over footage from never cry wolf <laughs> he doesn't understand how he doesn't know how it works fucked shallow fake well i'd be screwing those pool cues back together my character yeah. and uh, but i'd also be you didn't know this but i was undercover as well i'm an undercover cop too. okay that's i'm just trying to give my character a little flavor okay. well now. and dig this so i'm at the police station and i'm and i'm at the i'm in the break room with it with a female detective and i start talking mm-hmm. about vaginal discharge and she beats the living shit out of me <laughs> i was like i was like did you not see the pants they're jeans jutting from the sea is your island and it's floating there just doing its job and you have collected a, a host of debris that you've collated into this place. And now it is your time to pick something from deep cover. Well, I'm, I mean, I know what I'm picking. I'm picking, there's there's no way I'm not taking Goldblum's coat. I mean, that coat is so huge. And one of my, that's I one mean, of it Aesop's would... best stories. <laughs> Goldblum's coat. <laughs> I mean that his it's so ridiculous By the way, looking. It's for a first for the microscope. What Aesop? Yeah. Hashtag we had K Pax and Aesop in the same story. 
But um, I mean, it just he's so thin in there. Like it's like you have there's so much more coat than Goldblum. It is. It looks. I don't. What does it look like? David Byrne. It just kind of like David Byrne. Yeah. It. It's almost like a. I don't know. It just looks like a almost like a parade float. Gold bloom, you know that's so. I would use that because that could provide some nice shelter. And you know, as Gold Bloom dies in that coat, is that, do they use that of 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 embarrassment? But like he dies in that coat, he folds into it. It's almost like he folds into the coat and like disappears. Do they have a Gold Bloom float at the Gimbal's Day Parade? <laughs> Man, I hope so. that'd be great if they made a Jeff Gold Bloom float. Oh my god! You know, did Pennywise ever see a parade? Did he ever go to like a Macy's Day Parade? <laughs> You think you ever took those in? They all float up, yeah, there, Nick, up there, especially Snoopy, um, and Woodstock. By the way, Woodstock, uh, underrated float, not a float. What do they? Is it a float? Yeah. Well, no, it's a hot air. Uh, what do you call it? Hot air, the balloons. Yeah, because the floats are the are the are, are the ones. But what are they? They're just balloons. They're just big balloons, right? I always like the Woodstock gigantic balloon. Yeah. I always felt that was a little under underloved. Anyway, what what about you, your island? Well, I'm just trying to think of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade because I, I used to go to those every year. But there was wasn't mm-hmm. there one that got loose or whatever and got all tangled, yeah. tangled out. There's some. In, I don't know if it ever. Maybe it caused some death, death before. But I know people got injured. From what's your what? What crashing. do you think is the what is the worst you've ever seen? Like what's the like the most. Like the the character that earned a, a a balloon that wasn't ready for prime time. Oh, I don't remember any. I I'm not that much of a scholar on this stuff. Do you know have one of no, mine? No, I'm just thinking because I'm sure they did like one of the Land Before Time dinosaurs at one point. You know, but I think that that's kind of an interesting thing. Is what it like? Yeah, like uh, yeah, like the least maybe the one and done. F- one and done. It's, it's like some of the some of the musical balloons. acts that they have performing on floats. Like, hey, ladies and gentlemen, here's Johnny hates jazz. You know, it's like, yeah. And yeah, then yeah, yeah. by the they're lip syncing up there, and they're already like looking for new jobs. You got Al Roker, and he's like, and this one is from Osmosis Jones. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm on an island. I've got this shit. I've collected such an interesting array of shit. There's some sweet ass shit there. So I think I will take. Whatever that those lights were outside her apartment or outside the the museum, those really bright like red and blue lights, those okay, really over the top lights to make your whole face look like a fucking blueberry time, you know. Mm-hmm. So I would yeah. have those lights installed be- behind the waterfall, so that when you when you go behind the waterfall, you're a blue motherfucker, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, that sexy lighting, like that's where I would go for the dirty moments, you know. Oh yeah. yeah. So that's what I would I would have sex lights from uh from Goldblum, you know, from Goldblum's or what was it? What was the art gallery called? Goldblum's place. What was this? What was the art gallery she worked at called? Like Goldblum's ha- house. <laughs> what was it called? Like Is that what the dealership? Is that what it was called? It was like called BBQ Shrimp. I I know it had a name. It, I'm sure it had a stupid name like Okay. Well, I would have those uh, there's like Ma- Masks Plus, <laughs> Mask Surplus something like that. Yeah. Mask like like $100 general. So I had money on this, what you were going to take. And I'm blown away because there's no way I would have ever guessed this. But I thought for sure there was something that you were going to take. I'm not talking about Felix Barbosa's dead body. Okay. And at one point, Clarence Williams III is interviewing our, you know, 
main character, Larry Fishburne, Larry Fishburne in the box. Mm-hmm. He's taken him into custody and he flings him a very <laughs> small prayer, green prayer book. Yes. Very small, like almost it's like half a it's like a maybe even a quarter hand size, like palm. It's like a palm prayer. It's book, like the green. size of a thumb, really. It really is small. And he tosses it to Fishburne, which makes him laugh. Like Fishburne laughs, right. like he, because he's not a religious man till the end of the movie, I think. Yeah. But um, I thought you'd take that for sure. Okay. So a prayer book that size is still way too huge for me. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what, wonder what kind of prayers are in there. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like, you know, like from the Bible as in, or just like, are they like, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, watch out for that. Jesus, watch out for that bubble gum swap. Didn't Jesus do something with fish burnt like fish? Yeah. Yeah. But he, then he, didn't he all of a sudden, like all of a sudden there was like a ton of Larry fish burns. <laughs> like he just, yeah. Isn't that what the story yep. goes? Yeah. Well, there goes the rest yeah. of our listeners. Turned, uh, Turn water into cocaine, and then there was a ton of Larry Fishburne. I think that's the. Is that what Turned happened? Turned gimbals into Macy's. <laughs> he do he do piss into that guy's balls. <laughs> and he walked on that. No. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I, man, I am. I'm having my mind is is exploding with potential like Thanksgiving Day balloons. Me too. Me too. And you know, with Jesus, like I always, I I am embarrassed to admit about Jesus. You know, they they have the whole story about um, when he walked on water. Right. For all my until like last year, I thought it was he talked on water. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was like, what's the big deal? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like he. Yeah. Who cares? You know, like he's on a boat and he's talking to people. Yeah, I had no idea that he was yeah. walking on water, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, see, and also anyway. I-, I thought like he literally parted the Red Sea, but all he did was he yeah. gave Mick Hucknall a comb. <laughs> well, I don't think that was Jesus that parted the Red Sea. Oh, that's right. It's Mose. Yeah. It's yeah. old Moses. <laughs> yeah. Well, who knows? Right. Kill that. Um, I read the I read the actual Bible and I fucking forgot that. Um, Did you read, I the, read Bible? the entire Bible, all of it, um, for school? Did you put it on Goodreads? Would you read you rate it on Goodreads? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one one star. Yeah, anti I, I pulled. I, I pretended I was everybody else and I said anticlimactic. <laughs> anticlimactic. Speaking of climatic, you're talking about uh, balloons in the sky. Yeah, I was thinking. I was. I was thinking of uh, like Tilda Swinton, followed by Dalsam. You know, like these, like like an entire, like you know. Think about the. I could you somebody should put us in charge of fucking Macy's Thanksgiving. I would love it, and then we could just do all like obscure, weird films, like you know Sam Neill uh, from. Um, uh, what's the What's the movie where he What's What's we just did it? It's the Lovecraftian one. Oh, Mathematics. Yeah, and he's like at the, no. all the crosses on his face, right? On his face, yeah, and have like um, Lenny and Squiggy come on by, mm-hmm. you know, like a bunch of people pulling those balloons around, you know. Um, I think it'd be kind of funny if you have, uh, you know, Harold and Maude balloons go by. 
Oh yeah, well that's a classic. Yeah. And then have like, uh, yeah. you know, fat. Uh, what is it, lard ass Hogan? I got pissed. Uh, I I did a write in campaign because I wanted to. Uh, I was because uh, they had a balloon suggestion uh, thing on the internet, and I thought I was going to win. I was. I wanted them to do a release the Snyder Cut balloon where Snyder was doing that final cut on his computer, like restoring his true, the true version of justice league. And, uh, it, it didn't get enough votes, I guess. Yeah. You know, actually that would, that would have got enough votes. That's the scary thing about the internet. They would have made that balloon, right. Nick. Mm-hmm. And I- Are you excited about justice? Yes, league? I am. Yes, I am. Yeah. I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. I think it will. It'll be fine. I'm oh, looking yeah. forward to it. You are. I am. I didn't hate the real one. Um, what about like oh god fucking that'd be kind of neat you like like a Sam Donaldson at his desk balloon going by <laughs> followed by the rugrats you know it's like perfect so you would actually follow with some balloons that people want to see do people want to see the rugrats i guess oh not the cartoon <laughs> Thank you.